Hey, Fungo Banter fans, we're back. Another episode of your Pacific Northwest Fungo Banter podcast. I'm Eric Sorensen, still in Ellsworth, Washington at Big Country Studios. Going to be joined in by Kelly Gow and Jason Jarrett here in just a moment. Pretty excited. Today's guest that we have coming on, Jake Chandler from Capitol High School down there in Boise, Idaho. Uh, I've seen the pictures of his facilities. It looks phenomenal. And, and I've heard about the program and how great they are. And I'm super excited to be able to sit down and talk about some of the absolutes within his program and what they're doing to mold some young men into base, you know, baseball players into young men. So, uh, you know what, fellas? This is another one. You need to get your uh, get your popcorn out, get a nice snack, get a good beverage, and sit down and enjoy this. And you know what, fellas? I'm, I'm done talking. Let's bring on Coach. All right, Fungo Banter fans, we're back with our guest of this episode, Coach Jake Chandler from Capitol High School in Boise, Idaho. Coach, thank you for joining or for being with us, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the first hard-hitting question right away, favorite Fungo? Favorite Fungo, that's a tough one, but... You know, it has to be the first fungo I ever had, and that was a Brett. I love the Brett fungo. It's it hits really nice. It uh, it's smooth, and I can break them every now and again, and not mean to, but they can get them here real quick for us. Oh, that's phenomenal! I know I had to quit letting my pitching coach use fungos. We bought him an aluminum one. Kept breaking them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, talk to us about your career uh, and what got you to where you you know where you played at, where you grew up, and. And what your coaching, the steps you've taken to become the coach where you're at now at Capitol High? Uh, so I uh, have a different background than most people have. Um, you know, I've listened to your guys' podcast. It's awesome. Uh, you have some great uh, individuals that come on. It's a great background. And mine's a little different than everybody else's. I uh, played high school here in Centennial High School. Uh, you know, born and raised Idaho through and through. And uh, after high school, I had opportunities to, uh, to pursue a college career. And I, I didn't. I chose a different path and, uh, you know, I felt God had a different plan for me and I, I went and served a mission and, uh, came back after that and learned that, uh, I really love baseball and I miss it and, uh, got married and my wife said, you know what, maybe you should become a teacher. Maybe you should start coaching baseball and see what it's like. Um, and so after that, I, uh, I went back to school and graduated from Boise state and, uh, started coaching back in 2008 at Valley View high school. And, after Valley View, I uh, spent four years there with Coach Justin Schneidt. Uh, he was gave me my first job. I respect him. He's one of my favorite individuals to be around. And then after four years, I left and I went to uh, Meridian High School. I took the, the summer job there um, to be the Meridian Rangers AA head coach. And uh, then I went and be the JV head coach there as well. Um, I spent uh, four, five summers and four years at Meridian High. Um, sorry, five years. I loved it. Coach Rod Williams and I, uh, he's a great man, taught me a lot. Uh, he, uh, you know, things changed in my life. I felt like, you know, baseball's, uh, baseball's not there anymore. I had three boys and I wanted to spend time with them. And so I, on a Wednesday, I, I resigned. It was the toughest choice to leave Meridian. And Tuesday, uh, to the next Tuesday, I get a phone call from uh, Coach Tony Berlot and says, hey, man, did you uh, really leave Meridian? Are you done coaching? I said, well, it's something's got to wow me because I really need to spend time with my boys. And he said, here you go, man. I want you my JV head coach and a varsity assistant. So I spent a year under Tony and a year after that, he left to go to uh, become an AD. And I took the head job, was offered the head job at Capitol. And that's where we're at now. Uh, so I've been at Capitol since 2017 and 
the second year as the head coach there and couldn't be prouder. It's a, it's a great program to be a part of and has a great tradition. Coach, talk to us a little bit more about Capital. Um, what makes the place special? You guys had a great run last year, um, second place finish at state. Um, what what makes you guys special? Maybe past and and, and present, and uh, what makes you proud to be the coach that you are there? Capital has an unbelievable history. Uh, you know, I, I grew up just down the street from Capital, and Centennial was always a rival, and so I got to know a lot of the kids that played at Capital, and I loved them, loved being around them, and then. When I was coaching at Valley View and Meridian, there was always something about when you played capital, it was special. And so when this opportunity came up, I, I jumped on it really quick. Uh, and the first thing I knew when I got here is that these kids here are amazing. The kids are special. They're, uh, they're not like any other kids out there. Uh, they're unique. They, they work hard. They know how to have fun, but they love the game of baseball and they respect the game of baseball. And I, I was special. Uh, you know, they've for a long time, they're coached by Jerry Hollow and, Gary Harvey and had won state titles in 1989 and 2009, 2014, and just had dudes coming out of there. Uh, but they, uh, it wasn't that they were just great athletes is that they were great kids who bought into the program and they listened. And that's exactly what we have now. And I'm just hoping that honestly, I can't screw that up because they are, they're special kids. Coach, uh, Talk to us a little about what what we're all kind of we're all in this kind of quarantine scenario here. Um, you know, we had our announcement uh, last week that you know our season's pretty much been finished, and and then Oregon <clears throat> had their kind of formal announcement uh, just a couple of days ago that their spring season's uh, finished. So, what's happening in Idaho? I mean, uh, kind of fill us in with this whole COVID nineteen scenario. So, the, uh, yeah, Oregon yesterday said they were done. Um, I saw that on Twitter. I, the IHSA has not actually canceled baseball yet in Idaho. Um, but we got word today from our athletic director that the Boise school district, um, is going to remote schools, remote uh, locations, and they're going to cancel all activities, uh, you know, till further notice. Um, and that kind of put the kibosh on our season. And we just, uh, you know, we're, we're, it was hard to tell the boys today that, you know, we talked to them and of course, you know, we, we, you could hear them crying. You could hear it in their voice. The seniors were upset. They wanted to uh, kind of take a shot at what we did last year. Like coach said earlier is the second place to finish. They wanted a little bit of a, a chance of redemption and, and, and more or less they wanted to be with their brothers and, you know, they, uh, they, they, they were stung by it. And same thing that you guys probably had up in tri cities that you know, they're upset. And, you know, there's no crying in baseball, but there definitely was tears shed today when our players found out that, you know, they don't get to be a capital legal anymore. And so that's the situation. It's not actually canceled by the IHSA. Our school district has told us that we're not playing. So I don't want to jump the gun and say that we're 100% done, but that's the way we're going. Uh, and, you know, I, I support the decision. I think six schools today, six states today actually – uh, cut sports in the spring. And, and, you know, I want to play, I want to compete. I want my boys to go out there, but man, how bad would I feel if one of their parents got sick or one of them got sick and something tragic happened, it would, it would sit on our souls forever. And, and I don't know if I'm willing to risk that. So I support that, that situation and, and go in that direction. Now you guys had already played a few games prior to this whole kind of shutdown, right? Yeah. So the way our season lined out, uh, cause we started this, the, 
third week of February, you know, we had 14 practices and then we had an extra week this year because it's a weird leap year. And so we had 14 practices, usually only get 10 till we start games. And so the first week was loaded with four games right off the bat with our conference schedule starting. So we went on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday for week one. And that Friday after that game, I, I told the boys, I said, man, I really hope I get to see you guys again because things are starting to get hairy. It's starting to get scary. And I hope this isn't the last time I get to talk to you face to face and wearing a Capitals uniform. Absolutely. That was tough. I, I mean, we unfortunately were heading into a weekend that we were getting ready for a game on that following Tuesday and our kids, gosh, that was terrible. I, I think that was the most uh, helpless feeling as a coach I've ever had in my life. Exactly. It's tough. So talk to us about your program some more, you know, what's some of the, the absolutes that you have in, uh, you know, and how you guys do things. You know, we, uh, it was easy to come in uh, to what I did. Um, it was already set. The groundwork was laid for us. Um, but I've kind of, you know, used some of the people that in, in my life that I've been influenced, you know, not playing college baseball. I, I had to grow relationships with people outside of the game to be able to, to build the, the proper program, uh, the culture we want. And, you know, it's only year two. It's not perfect. And we're getting there. But some of the things that, uh, you know, we uh, we rely on is that it's not about us coaches. It's about the boys. It's about the players. And, and, I, and I, I said last year before we went to the state title game, I said, boys, no matter what happens tonight, when you get that trophy, I don't want to touch it. It's yours. You know, that trophy's yours. It, you've earned that. And, you know, last year was a unique season for us. Uh, we went into the district tournament with 12 teams, and we were the eighth seed, and there was only 10 teams playing in it. And we lost that year seven games by one run in the last inning, and it was rough. You know, we, we felt a lot of failure. And so one of the staples we kind of relied on was it's okay to fail. We want to fail. Fail's a good thing. We're, you know, we're going to fail forward. And we went to our first game at districts that last year. And uh, we had a four nothing lead. And just like we always did throughout the year, we blew it in the last inning and it was rough. You know, I didn't think that, you know, we, we kind of started to feel like we don't have any confidence right now. We're going in and it was a loser out situation. And, we had to win six, uh, five games in a row to get to the state tournament. And we went five and zero. had to uh, travel to the playing game, but that started the building of our culture. Uh, you know, one of the absolute is we don't give up. We're going to fight. And it's not about who's starting that day. It's about your role. And we care about role players. Um, we don't want superstars. We want one star and that star is our team. Um, so we, uh, we definitely, that's one of our big staples, our, our non-negotiables. Um, the other one is commitment. You got to be committed to what we're doing. If you're not committed to what we're doing, if you're not willing to be uncommon, then you're, we're not going to be successful. And that's hard for kids nowadays to, to feel that failure, to be uncommon. And, you know, we, our season started this year, we were one and three. And we were, we were much better than a one and three record was, but we were still adjusting to making sure that who's our leaders, who's going to make us uncommon. Uh, who's going to be committed to what we're doing? And our winter workouts, kids started to get committed. When they got committed, great things happened. Um, so that's one. That's another one of ours as well. The other thing that the staples that we love is we have great parents at Capital, and we want a family atmosphere. We are a family through and through. Uh, my JV coaches are former Capital players. We want kids that played at Capital to come back and coach at Capital. 
So we uh, make sure that they're there. Um, so we actually are pretty transparent. And a lot of coaches think I'm crazy when we do this, but we actually have open tryouts and open practices. We want parents to see what we're like as coaches. We want them to understand what we do and why we do what we do. Um, we don't, we're not afraid of that. Uh, we, we trust the process. We trust what we do. And, you know, we want transparency. We want to be very uh, transparent with our parents, let them know what we're all about, kind of see how we act with the kids. And it's, it's, it's exciting. That's got a, do you see a side effects with that, that you have less potential for disgruntled parents that are upset about anything, I guess? Yeah, I think that it's, you know, we, uh, last year we didn't have open practice this year we did. And I wanted parents to see their kids play, you know, cause sometimes it's hard because parents will say one thing, kids will say one thing, and, you know, you're not going to make everybody happy in what we do, but if they can come and see what we're all about and understand how our relationship is number one with the kids, it's okay for us to get a little, you know, uh, angry at them at times, as long as they know we love their kids. And that's the biggest thing is I think if you were to ask our parents at Capitol, they know that we love their kids and that we don't care about what they do this year. We care about what they're going to do down the road. You know, we're building great young men. We're going to be great citizens in society. And if they turn out and they go to college, college baseball, great. But we want to know that when they leave us, that their kids are going to be successful and, and know that they can always have somebody that loves them no matter what goes on. Yeah, Coach, I was going to – Go ahead. Oh, it's just going to add on that real quick is that what do you find with your parents in, in that sense? I mean, you got – it's always they, – they say it's a fine line to, to walk. You know, I mean, you got coaches that are – no, practices are closed off, no parents, you know. I'm kind of on the same wavelength as you. You know, I'm always – Parents will show up, they'll sit in the grandstands or sit against the fence. As long as they're not being a distraction, I'm totally fine with that. But do you find that your parents are find themselves a, a little bit easier to approach you with maybe questions or topics or just things that they're maybe concerned about? Yeah, I think that parents are more, uh, once they kind of understand that I'm a normal human being. And, and, and one thing about me about the transparency is, you know, I have a 10-year-old boy, a 6-year-old boy, and a 2-year-old boy. And those kids are part of our team. And they, they, you know, the parents see me as a coach and as a dad at the same time. My boys are always in the field with us, you know, and, and, and our parents see my wife there. You know, it's amazing to be, you, know, you guys know what it's like to be a coach. You can't be a coach without an amazing wife behind you. And she will bring the boys to practice with us and they see that, but we're also approachable. They know we're normal. Um, that, you know, we, we're going to make mistakes. Um, our parents will talk to me, you know, there's sometimes where we have to set the boundaries of, Hey, it's nine o'clock at night. We just got done with the game, you know, let's, let's have this conversation tomorrow, but I, I'm not afraid of parents coming to talk to me. I want that. Uh, the more parents I have come and talk to me, the more buy-in we have, you know, our biggest thing is make kids coachable, make sure they're respectful. And if a parent can see their kid not being respectful at practice, it makes it very easy because the next day I think parents are going to be like, Hey, you know, our kid is acting, you know, out. We shouldn't have done that. We're sorry. We'll help correct that. It, it makes us all one team. Let's dive into the nuts and bolts of, of a, a practice for you guys. What are, what are things you guys focus on? Uh, what's most important to you? Uh, where do you place your emphasis uh, as far as team practice time? So our practices are uh, pretty unique. I'm, I'm not one of those kind of coaches that likes to run kids for punishment. I like to get our conditioning done as soon as we can. Um, that way we can get after it. So we'll, we'll come in. We'll start about 3.30. And the first thing we'll do is our dynamics. And then we'll get into base running. Uh, we'll run through base running situations. We'll go through 
about 15 minutes of an individual base running, whether it's, you know, uh, ball and dirt reads or it's, uh, you know, zero out, one out read on a fly ball. Uh, we'll run those different situations and then we'll go into a team, uh, team first, uh, team uh, base running. And then after we do team base running, situational base running of, you know, we'll have a fungo, we'll have a fungo going and we'll put a ball in the six hole, make them do reads in the six hole, work on straight stills, work on earlies, work on all those little things that, you know, take up a time here and there. And then we'll get into our catch play. Um, immediately after that, the kids are loose. Their arms are ready to go. Uh, we'll let them throw. Yeah, outfielders, outfielders, infielders, infielders. Our pitching coach does a great job, and he'll take the pitchers, and they'll go off and do their pitching stuff. Uh, we use the driveline program, and so he'll work with them on that. He has each of them set up on an individual day on what they need to do. Each kid has their own individual plan. Uh, our infield coach, he takes and runs through a lot of the, the Friday fielders, Kai Correa. Uh, Tucker Farley stuff that you see the individuals uh, through their throwing progressions. After we go through uh, their throwing progressions, we usually go into an individual defense, an individual defense period, about 20 minutes. Uh, I'll take the outfielders, infield coach, take the infielders. Uh, my pitching coach will take their pitchers. You know, if that day is going to be a PFP day then we'll run our PFP drills, um, but then we'll, you know, we'll go through individual things. They do their dailies, their, their fly ball reads, their, um, four corner drills, all the different basic fundamentals that we want to hit on. Because if we're not hitting on our fundamentals that day, we're not going to be successful when we go to our team defense after that. Because they're not going to learn, you know, what they need to have to continue that progress uh, to become a better ball player. And then after we do team defense, we'll do, you know, 31, uh, 21 outs, situational stuff, first and thirds, bunt Ds, stuff that they're going to have to use in a game type situation. And then, you know, we, we go pretty quick. It sounds like a lot of stuff. And sometimes we take it, we'll just kind of slow down. And before we get into our hitting, we'll always go about 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes of a mental time, a mental break of letting them kind of start to breathe. You know, before we go out and hit live on the field or hitting the cages or whatever, we'll always kind of slow down. Let's go get some individual reps on the tees for a second. Let's fix our swing. Let's get our head right. We're not playing defense anymore. We're starting to hit. Let's focus on that now. Um, so we'll do that. And then we'll get into our BP where we'll have four different, uh, four different groups going, one in our indoor facility, one on the field hitting, one doing live reads off the, off the pitcher, off the hitter, and then one that's shagging on the field. And we'll run that for 45 minutes. And our BP is pretty chaos. I don't like to you know, throw straight fastballs to them. It's always going to be something off speed. Um, and I, I'm a terrible BP thrower, according to my pitching coach. So he throws a lot of the BP and, uh, he can spot up and put it where it needs to. We'll never just let him see a straight fastball. Uh, that's, that's lucky in a game. So why would we want to practice that? So we'll uh, make sure we you know keep him off balance, force him to put an execution situation in that kind of stuff. And then after we get that done, our favorite thing to do is we call it our uh, Eagles world series. And we have the kids, we break up the kids. And two different teams will wear practice jerseys of black and gold. And we do a minute 20 World Series where we set a clock and we set it for one a minute 20 seconds. We'll go through three to four innings of it. And it's pressure situation, fast, anticipated game, go, go, go. You know, the first situation, for example, will be runner on first base, no outs. Here we go, clock's live. And they get, you know, it's, it's a one-two count. And with the many runs as they score in that inning, in that minute 20, that goes for their team. 
and then they have 30 seconds to sprint to get to their spot. And the reason why I love that kind of drill is one, they're competing two, they're, they're developing a relationship. Some of those kids on the team, uh, but the most important part is we put them in a pressure situation with their breath, you know, be, being out of breath. And that's what it's like in a game. We want them to start to you know, be successful. The coaches get extra amped up. We're running around screaming, jacked up. You know, it's awesome. We love to watch it, but the coaches are throwing on that. And we'll do three innings of that and maybe four if they're lucky. And then we'll put the field to bed and uh, do it right and go home for the day and come back the next day and do it again. That's awesome. That, I, I thoroughly enjoyed digging into that because that was something a point of emphasis for me this year was to, you know, run a more efficient practice. So I'm not there forever, but to just have such better flow and everything. But the kids yet are still getting so much in during that time. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing to us is, you know, some days we won't do that World Series. We'll compete in a different way. We'll pull the spike ball nets out. We'll play spike ball or we'll go play. Uh, we have a game in our indoor facility where we can put a line down and, and play a uh, flip with uh, like a ping pong flip, something to compete, to put them and make them uncomfortable. We love when they're uncomfortable. That was one thing I, and I had to teach my kids how to play for like this enjoyment of front or fun or just, they didn't look like they were having fun one day and it hit me. Let's play wiffle ball. And I got to tell them all the sandlot rules and this is fair. And it was such a fun aspect of getting them. And then, when we do have our world series games and half the time, like the last three years, we've had snow on the field for the month of March and we go play yeah. a world series wiffle ball game. And it was so much fun to see them compete their butts off. And I feel like it, it helped us in the long run too. Yeah. We, uh, we're lucky to have an indoor facility. And so when we, like last year, we were in the snow for the first week. It was uh, frozen. I didn't want to get on the field. So we're in the indoor facility and we pulled our nets back. Uh, Jason's seen it. It's, it's, it's awesome. We play a smush ball, same type of thing, and these kids get amped up for it. They love it. It is their, you know, they wanted to play it one day when it was it was sunny out last summer in, in the facility. I'm like, we, I don't get it. Let's just go outside and do it. But they wanted to be inside that place because because they love it. They bought into that game, and that's been a tradition at Capital for years. He he did send the pictures to us of your facility, and it looks phenomenal, by the way. Yeah, we, uh, I I believe that we have the best field in the state of Idaho. And I have a, my pitching coach is, is my lawnmower. He is phenomenal at it. He, uh, he loves to do it. He does a great job of it. The thing is, is that field wouldn't look great. It wouldn't look the way it is. wouldn't play the way it is if it wasn't for my coaches, one, but the players as well. They take a lot of pride in that thing. Uh, we host the state tournament last year, uh, us in Hawk Stadium. We were the alternate site, so we had a couple games, and our kids are playing in it. And the last thing they really want to do is to – prep the field before they got to go play in a game but that's what they do because they take pride in it they love when other teams come in and be like this is your field yeah this is our field that's awesome no i i totally agree with you i think it's a big sign of what your program shows in your facility you know i feel like it's a pretty direct relation or correlation with what your team is too yeah that's our goal we want to we want to look the best and we want to definitely have a take pride in our field. And you, you play the, play the way you look sometimes and that field looks awesome. And we, you know, we're lucky to have a, a lot of district help on that. And uh, parents put a lot of effort into that. They take a lot of pride in that field, that field. So talk to us a little bit about preparing your, uh, you know, when you have a new cl class of freshmen coming in every year, what's a, 
what's some of the things you guys like to make sure that they they know about you know your guys's way of doing things you know i think that that's uh, that changes every year because you know we, we we have a lot of freshmen that are good ball players we put a lot of them on jv this year but we kept a lot of them down on our freshman team um i like to keep them together as much as we can uh, i want them to feel that unity and we have a we have great freshman coaches who love the game of baseball and that's what i wanted to know is i wanted to see the game of baseball is fun and you know and maybe it's really bad of me to say but nobody Nobody hangs up freshman championships banners anymore. And so winning a freshman championship isn't our goal. Our goal is one to make sure kids are getting better and they learn to love the game. And our seniors, their job is we kind of made a rule this year, a senior service. And seniors, you're in charge of serving everybody. It doesn't matter if it's a freshman or if it's a junior. And so our our, our seniors take a great pride in helping out and developing those freshmen as much as they can. Um, I want them to know that this is a special place to be and the capital is unique. Um, you know, they, they learn a lot, you know, they come straight from us from uh, whether a club team or, or a little league and some are going to have their minds blown, but our, our biggest goal is, is uh, make sure we keep it simple for them at that level that we're going to add stuff later on, but we're not going to get technical with you. We're not going to do a lot of the crazy stuff. Um, like in varsity, we have our infielders will wear, uh, the pitch calling sheets. So that way they know how to adjust. There's no way I would ever have our freshmen do that, but we want to start to, you know, put that in as they develop. Um, our freshmen are awesome. I, I, they're just, they're so fun to be around because they, they have the unique look in their eyes. Their eyes are huge and they're scared to death sometimes, but you love them just like you love your seniors because you know that they're going to be special. Um, we take a lot of pride in our, in our classroom. We want to know that you're going to be successful on the field. But before you're a successful athlete, you're going to be a successful student. Uh, we take grades and academics very seriously. And, you know, there's been times where we've had to tell freshmen, hey, guys, we love having you here, but academics are priority one. And if you're not cutting academically, then, you know, you probably need to figure something else out and uh, go somewhere where, you know, grades aren't priority one. And when the minute we have that conversation, you see kids as, you know, the light, the light bulb come on and they, they flip their switch a little bit like, OK, I'll change my attitude and we'll figure it out. So that's uh, that's our one of our biggest things. We also want them to be coachable. We want them to know that, you know, you're coming from little league, you're coming from club ball. This is high school baseball now. Be coachable. We're going to teach you something different. We're going to teach you something totally different than what you're used to. Accept it. Accept failure. That's okay to fail, guys. And uh, you know, buy into what we're doing. It's the biggest thing. Is is you know, being uncommon and buying in. If they're if they're not going to buy in at a young age, it's very easy to see. And so we just kind of, you know, somebody else always steps up and takes that role from somebody else that that's not buying in. Coach, uh, backtrack a little bit. Ahead, Coach, Tom. you talked about uh, talked about some of that mental mental training stuff you guys do before your before your hit circuit. You spend 10-15 minutes or so. What maybe? What are the specific things you guys work on there? You want to emphasize is it change day to day? Um, what what's kind of the emphasis there? Our biggest thing is uh, we do a lot of the red, yellow, green. That's a lot of in-game stuff. Of hey, you're the red man. Step out of the box. Take a breath. Uh, you know, change your approach here. Change whatever you're doing. You know, we have one player who it doesn't matter if he has two strikes on him back to back times. He will literally call time out of the box right before that pitcher throws to step out, take his helmet off, look at his bat, find a focal point on his bat, and go from there. 
we want them to, we hate overcoaching because the minute we start overcoaching, they're hearing way too much stuff in their head because there's already a lot of mental stuff going on in there. So we want them to just know, Hey, we're to red. You need to correct that. And so that's something that we use as a verbal cue. That, hey, find a focal point here, change your, take your batting gloves off, whatever, step out of the box, big deep breath, calm the heart. And let's go from there. Um, when we get into the mental side of hitting, we do a lot of, uh, talking about our approach in the dugout. We want our players to talk about, Hey, this guy, you know, and it's luckily in Boise, we know a lot of the players we've seen. We've seen them since they were little leaguers. You know, we know what they're like. We know what their tendencies are. We want them to come back and communicate with us on that and then talk about it and talk about our approach. Um, that's something that we've had to kind of teach kids to do, but you know, when we go on those tees, you know, we'll have a two strike tee. Let's talk about our two strike approach here. What two strike pitch do you are you not good at hitting at? Is it the up and in pitch? Is it low and in? Is it low and away? Is it up and away? Fine. Set the tee there. Take a deep breath and focus on that pitcher is going to throw you that pitch and you're going to drive it and start to believe they can tie it. So we, it's more of a confidence builder for us mentally. Um, you know, we use a lot of the Ken, Riz- Ken Revisa and Brian Kane of the mental side of baseball. The biggest thing is, is when we know that our pitchers are struggling, it's not going to help us to go out there and, and say, Hey, you're, you're not throwing strikes. It's obvious. And I think that's one of the most frustrating things we hear somebody say, let's go, you know, throw strikes. Yeah. Obviously we want strikes, you know, instead of let's have, let's have it be, Hey, take a deep breath, step back, relax. You know, sometimes they even some, some of our kids write a joke in the bill of their hat. They'll take their hat off. They'll look at it and they'll be able to kind of take a deep breath and, and change that, uh, that heart rate. So we wanted to be able to control our heart rate as much as we can. Um, so, yeah. I think that's Coach. one of the coolest things I've, I've seen is when I, I've seen a kid just take a piss-poor swing, and, and you're like, what are you doing? But then he, you see him step out of the box and do exactly what you just said. He takes a breath, he adjusts it, and then he gets back in and salvages it and has a great at-bat from that point on. I think that's just – that's so much fun when you teach that and to see him actually do it and it works. It's just – it's so rewarding. Yeah, so like when we do our on-the-field BP, our coaches are not breaking down swings right there. If we're going to break down a swing and work with a kid, we're going to do it inside. That chance for them to be outside is for us to be able to say, hey, step back, take a breath. And that's all the instruction we want to give them because this is their chance to, to you know, show and go as much as they want and, and have fun out there and make it game-like as we can. Coach, uh, talk to us a little bit about what you guys' what your program looked like in the – in the fall and in winter. And of course we kind of somewhat already have an idea of your spring season's like, but also your summer for being a capital. So our, uh, and, and I'm probably in the minority here when it comes to high school coaches, but I want my kids doing something else in the fall. You know, they need a break from me and I need a break from them. It's not that I don't love them, um, but I need to go do something else. I need to change my center of gravity and refocus. I pitchers. I, I would love for my pitchers to go join the swim team. That would be my ideal situation is go join the swim team, go have some fun. Don't throw a pitch. Um, we have a lot of kids that will go do fall ball or club ball, whatever. Um, but we want them to play another sport, go play, you know, soccer, go, go do whatever. You might not be very good at soccer, but go try it, you know, make yourself uncomfortable, get, stay in shape. Uh, and then we'll come back. We always kind of start our, our winter workouts with just kind of a open period, but we have a kid's camp. And one thing that we at Capital we strive for is our kids to be good servant leaders. And so we'll run a kids camp for two for about a, six days 
and we bring in about 50, 60 kids to our indoor facility. And the kids, you know, I'll, I'll start by helping run the camp and I'll get everything going. But our kids will instruct at the camp. They'll go through what we are going to do that year. And we're going to make our kids talk about the kid, these, these little kids' swings, these, what these little kids are doing, you know, what we do at Capitol. It's awesome. It's always my favorite time. It gets me inspired uh, to watch these kids. You know, we, we dress up, we put our uniforms on, and, and we've got a lot of different uniform combinations. And so we'll put those on, kind of show off our program. And parents love it. And this year we were lucky enough to have our kids camp. We hit on the field and turn the lights on. And, you know, that was awesome. So we'll always do that in November. And then start about December, we'll, uh, we'll have winter workouts. Our kids will come in. We'll hit two to three days a week. And, you know, we'll have a theme for the week we'll work on, um, whether it's bat speed or exit velocity. And then we'll break swings down as well. We'll use blast motion in, in the winter but we just want to collect as much data on them as we can. Uh, we're going to move to probably wrap Soto this year and get that going and start using that for our pitchers as well. But our pitchers will come in two days a week. Our pitching coach, you know, he does a great job, Ryan, but uh, he'll start working driveline with them. And I don't, I don't really go to our pitching workouts as much because I want them to see that he's our pitching guy. He's who we trust to do our pitching. And if I show that I trust him by being there, it makes me look like, you know, they're going to learn to trust him. You know, the, the big dad's not around to help and supervise. We trust our coaches and we, we trust our process. And so we'll run those from De- in December. And then January, we get, you know, more into uh, getting ready to see uh, pitchers and face pitchers. We'll, uh, we'll still collect, you know, bat speed on them, barrel speed, all that stuff. We use a blast. Um, but then we'll look at where we're creating intent. So, you know, what we're, where we're creating max intent at is what I mean. So, you know, are we, are we mashing the baseball as hard as we can? Are we swinging full? Uh, we'll have, you know, multiple stations going on. We'll be lifting weights. We'll be throwing med balls, uh, hitting plyos, all that kind of stuff, and making sure that we're swinging as hard as we can. Uh, that way, you know, come February, our pitchers are going to be ready to start throwing live, and our pitchers will throw live pens in February, uh, February 1, for the first three weeks, and then we start, and we're going, and we're into spring. Um, and so we, we like to think as our high school season is more of a – a marathon, you know, it's, it's longer. We have a chance to, to continue to, to go, but at the very end of the marathon, it turns to a quick sprint. And so we're, we're rushed. And so we don't have a lot of time to, to fix swings, to work on pitch mechanics. We want that done in the winter as much as we can. And then come summer, you know, Idaho is a unique situation where we still have American Legion baseball. And, and a lot of the high schools use American Legion as their, as their form of development. And that's what we do at Capitol. Uh, we run the Boise Capitals. Uh, our Legion board does a great job. And we have, you know, club ball is slowly moving into Idaho. Um, but we've built a culture capital where kids want to be around their buddies. They want to build that brotherhood. And so instead of going and playing club ball, they'll come play with us and stay with us. Um, you know, if they go play club, that's their choice. I'm never going to punish them for it. It is what it is. You know, do I want my kids to stay with me, play with me? Yeah, I do. But I can't control it. It is what it is. But the kids that stay and play Legion, we run three teams that year during the summer, our double A, our single A, and our, and our juniors program. Our juniors has seventh graders and eighth graders on it, and they're playing 50 games a summer. Uh, we host two of the best tournaments in the Northwest, the uh, Firecracker Tournament that uh, I believe, Jason, you've came to that one as well, and then our Boise Summer Classic in the second week of June, second week of July, and it's you know 25 teams from the Northwest, and that kind of really starts to – showcase our program and we use that as a development 
Uh, we bring in a couple of different coaches than our regular high school coaches to help, you know, give another set of eyes. Um, so we'll bring in, uh, we usually bring in Marty Henry. He's uh, he was at Treasure Valley Community College for a long time. He's a great pitching coach. He comes in and the kids love him. He's, he's, uh, he's amazing. But, you know, we, uh, we'll travel a little bit here and there. You know, last year we got to go up, up and uh, play in Tri-Cities and then go to, over to Portland and, and kind of, you know, experience the situation over in Oregon for a couple of, uh, couple of days. And, you know, we just, we use the summer as a development, but we also want to win. And so last year our Legion team took third or fourth in, fourth in state. Um, and eventually the Idaho Falls team that we saw there actually went to win the World Series. And so Legion baseball is still our, our method of development right now. That's the, that's the way we see it. Um, you know, I, I don't know where where club ball fits in Idaho right now. I, you know, we've got a lot of it going on, but Legion's still holding strong, and, and we love it. Are you guys – what's the status of Legion ball in Idaho for this year in this situation we're in? So yesterday the American Legion announced that they're going to cancel their World Series in the regional tournament, which that's that stinks. But I also understand because – different states are having different situations that we're not, we're having in Idaho, you're having in Oregon, you're having in Washington, whatever. And so I, once I saw that, that uh, come out, I was like, Oh no, I better find out. And so I, I called our director and I said, so what does that mean? He goes, Oh, that means nothing really. He goes, that means that we actually have more freedom to run a Legion program this summer. We can push back a few weeks if we need to, we can actually have our own state tournament, our own district tournament. Um, you know, we'll, we can still run baseball. And our, and our area directors really want us to be playing this summer. And, and so we'll see what happens. Uh, they're they're going to wait till the end of May to make a call uh, unless national tells them they have to make it sooner. But I know that the desire is to, to play this summer and make sure that kids are playing baseball. I mean, that's, that's going to be my biggest fear right now is with this whole uh, COVID-19 that we're going to lose kids to, to not play baseball and go do some other sport and, some great athletes are going to miss out and you say, okay, I'll just go play something else whenever that time is and move past baseball. And that's, that's what I want to happen. Coach, I uh, want to ask you there, how do you, you guys have the sweetest looking field in all of Boise? What, what is also like your secret there? I mean, every time I, we come over and play, I mean, you guys are top notch. I mean, Granted, you have a lot of competition in that area. I mean, you guys definitely <laughs> take a lot of pride in your high school uh, athletic fields. Um, you know, so it is, it is a it's a great joy to go over there and, and play at the different fields you guys got in, in the area. But what is ultimately your guys' key to, to keeping your field look so legit? It's uh, making sure that, uh, you know, like I said, I with what's happened to me this last uh, few weeks, uh, I uh, – I can't put as much time on the field as I want right now, but my, uh, my assistant coaches are phenomenal. They, uh, they put a lot of time and effort into it, but it takes a lot of time and uh, continued effort. You know, when the fall happens, we always have a field, put the field to uh, bed year, uh, bed day. And we have all of our kids come out. Parents are coming out as well. And we're doing the little things to make it right. Um, you know, always making sure our sprinklers are on, always making sure that uh, everything's watered and fertilized the right way, making sure that it's just, it's it's harder than I think some people ever realize that coaches put into a baseball field, but it's uh, when you walk through the gates at Capitol and you see our field, that's uh, one thing that we want to make sure we, we continue there. You know, we, our kids spend uh, a lot of time on it. We tell our parents that, you know, it might be that your game gets over at eight thirty, 
and those lights are coming on and until that field's put to bed perfectly, which we, we can do it, put, we can put a bed in about 15 to 16 minutes done right. Well, there's some times where I walk out there and it's not done right. And so it's going to be that your kids are going to come home a little bit later than they, you want them to, because they're going to learn that uh, they're going to put it to bed right. They're going to make sure they're raking the right way, that they're uh, cleaning the turf off here. They're, you know, make sure there's no dirt on the grass. And, uh, you know, we're pretty nitpicky about it. We have, uh, we practice, we actually make the kids put turf out from the grass to the dugout so they don't run on the grass. And, you know, their favorite, favorite words are, uh, you know, what does Coach Chandler say to you after another day? Don't stand on the grass, you're killing the grass. It's uh, the little things. And our, and our kids love it. They love having a field that they can call their own, that they take ownership of. But, you know, I got an assistant coach who he, he's phenomenal and he does a lot of work on it. And it's uh, it's it's hard to make sure that that thing is uh, it's, it's not hard. It's, it's a it's a great responsibility. I think that was my biggest fear about taking this job at Capital was screwing that field up and making sure that I didn't have a burn spot in it or it didn't die on me because it is awesome. That's great. Well, Coach, we truly appreciate you being with us today. And, and if anybody wants to reach out and contact you about anything, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, you know, it's probably through, uh, you know, we have a, I have a Twitter handle of at uh, Coach Chandler 15 but the best way to get a hold of me is probably through email. And my email address is jake.chandler at boiseschools.org. Um, you know, we – we love to reach out. I think that's my favorite thing about being a high school baseball coach is building relationships with players, but it's also building relationships with the people outside. You know, I, I got to know Jared a few years ago and uh, he came in and it was, it was awesome. And, and, you know, one, one thing that's my, my biggest fault is I love to talk too much and I have a personality that doesn't shut up. And so when we, we host these tournaments, we see kids come in, you know, coaches come in and I've got to know and, and built relationships with a lot of amazing coaches and, uh, you know, that's one thing that I want to address real quick is, you know, some of the influences that I've had, you know, is the other coaches. Like, for example, there's uh, Jake Taylor at LSU, at, uh, LCSC. Jake uh, was my – I was his TA in eighth grade, and he really kind of taught me how to love the game of baseball. And he's the one that I can I can still rely on to send a text to every now and again. You know, there's Nick Alio at, at College of Southern Idaho. He brings his Legion team up here every summer, and, you know, he's he's uh, he's been a great influence as well. And and so I just have this problem and, and, and where I just talk too much to coaches, I'm coaching the third base box. And it's like, yeah, man, you see that? We didn't get that bunt down. Can you believe that? How, how bad are we right now? You know, I just, it's awesome to see that the, uh, the relationships are built in, in, in the coaching fraternity that, that exists. And that's why I love what you guys are doing with this, uh, with this podcast, because there's so many great coaches in the Northwest and it's amazing that, uh, you know, I get to be on your show and have me because frankly, there's a lot of better coaches in the Boise Valley, I believe than me. And that's, and that's what's, uh, that's what's awesome. And, and I can learn from them. Uh, you know, every time we play tri cities, I know that uh, Jason always teaches me something, whether it's a, a crazy wind tunnel out in center field or whatever. I don't know. It's, there's something awesome that goes on. So I appreciate <laughs> you guys having that. me on. I was going to say, Eric knows that wind tunnel very well. We're used to playing about uh, 20, 30, 40 mile an hour winds at our hometown kid. Attack, good so. day. Good On a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Coach, thank you again, and and hopefully hopefully things clear up and we can all get some summer ball in, and, and best of luck to you. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Take care. Good luck to you guys as well. Appreciate it. We'll be right thank back with, with Kelly you, and Coach. Jason to wrap this thing up. All right, we're in the bullpen, ready to close this thing out. Kelly, what do you got? Yeah, I think um, 
the more we do this, um, I really like to to get a sense of the passion that, that everyone has within their program, uh, the things that they take pride in. Um, and a lot of that, I think for the first time today was just facility, um, and players, you know, I, I think we, we all wish we had cathedrals and, hmm. and Safeco fields or T-Mobile parks and, and stuff to be proud of. But, um, I think a lot of this is, is making what you have the most important thing. Um, and, and, and the amount of pride that guy takes into his, his players and the family and, and his facility and, and everything that they do has a purpose to it. Um, so I really like to hear that passion there from, from coaches outside the area. And, and that, and that's the type of guys that we want to look for in a, in a college program. The ones that, um, are prideful of where they came from and, um, got taught things the right way. Um, there, there's a lot of, not a lot of, but there's occasionally bad influences and, and reasons why people do things. And, um, it, when kids don't have that alternative motive, um, they really function at a lot higher level and they take pride in where they're at and in, in what they do. And, um, it's been a lesson that I've learned since back in my junior college days with, with coach Bobby Lee, uh, everything that he talked about after his sayings, it was always take pride in who you are and what you do. Um, and, and I've carried that from, from a long ways and, um, uh, definitely can, can get a sense that capital baseball is in great hands and, and their players are going to do great things in, in every avenue that they choose. Yeah, Kelly, I think uh, I second that, man. I, I think of Marty O'Brien from Refrida, you know, and, and Coach O'Brien, how passionate he was with his players and uh, the facilities that they – and it just who they represent, the name on the front of the jersey. Um, you know, uh, Coach Chandler, I love his passion. Um, I, I love how he's – where he's taking the capital um, – high school team and the direction that they're going. I think they're going in, in the right direction. Um, what I really appreciate today is the fact that you had mentioned that Kelly is that the part of when he was talking about inviting the parents out, you know, I, I think there is a big disconnect between parents and coaches out there today. Um, coaches have one expectation. The parents have another expectation. And when we put those walls up, we kind of, you know, close ourselves off for communication um, to build, you know, um, good camaraderie. And I think, uh, if coaches could let those walls be broken down, you know, allow parents to come out. I know for us at Tracy prep, I am always, I always tell my parents are always welcome to come watch. Um, you just don't need to be out trying to coach, you know, they're always welcome to come along the fence or sit in the grandstands to watch practice. And we do have some parents will come out and watch, uh, all the practice or maybe just the tail end of practice. But, um, I always want to make myself presentable to my parents so that if they have a question or concern. Um, and I think that you, by doing that, you, you're putting yourselves in a good relationship uh, of uh, trust amongst each other. And so I, I think that's a, a kudos to Coach Chandler and what he's doing there. And it's a reflection of his program. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I thoroughly, <clears throat> I guess there's lots of words in my mind going through right now to describe it all. It's care, passion, commitment, and, uh, I think I love the fact that he talked about how his wife brings his kids out to practice. And I think having one thing that I always make sure I do when my wife and my daughter's around, I make sure guys see how I treat them is how a guy should treat a woman and, or a kid and their daughter, because, you know, the lessons that you're learning, they're learning at capital and the things that we're trying to do in our program is, you know, 
you're going to treat your field right. You're going to learn how to take care of things because it's just stuff you got to learn life to where, um, you know, how many guys out of Kittitas have gone and played college baseball? Not a lot, but a lot of them are trying to go on and, and it's really cliche because everybody says it, but it's so true is we're trying to create good men and, and positive community members and so, positive people to society. And I think that the lessons that he talked about and what he does with his players is a correlation to that guys that buy in and, and want to be a part of that program. Yeah. They're going to learn how to play baseball and learn how to win at baseball, but you know what? They're, they're the, the steps in the process of becoming great people and the great baseball player is things that can create a great person in life. And I thought that was awesome. I think that's great. And, and you know, the guys like that is who you want your kids playing for. So, well, that wraps it up. Another great episode. We got one more coming this week. Uh, but thank you to coach for checking us out and, and having, you know, spreading the word about the fungo banter down in Idaho. And I hopefully get to get down there and check out the facilities and everything and uh, share the word of us on Twitter, on Facebook. You know, we're on Facebook at Pacific Northwest fungo banter uh, at fungo banter PNW. Get on, get on the old iTunes, Spotify, Google podcast, subscribe, you know, comment, rate us. That's great. We want, we want positive feedback or negative. You know, you don't like it. Let's hear about it. So, uh, but no, get on there, subscribe, review. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. And uh, until next time, let's take care of one another and get healthy.